It's time! Fight fans and degenerate gamblers, welcome to the Thick Boys Fight Club, where there are only two rules. Rule number one, always talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. Rule number two, talk about Thick Boys Fight Club, even if no one wants to talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. All right, we are back. Thick Boys Fight Club. I'm Nick. And I'm Ty. And uh, once again, you know, thanks for listening. And I'm just going to dive really quickly into this. The competition for that Stipe or Daniel Cormier t-shirt drawing is going to be happening on August 10th. So you still have time to enter. Guys, you got to subscribe. And every time you like and comment, you will be additionally entered into the raffle, which we'll, again, we'll be doing on August 10th. We will hit you up, ask you for your shirt size, which fighter in particular you prefer, and then we'll have that priority mailed out to you so you'll get it before the fight. You can wear it and have a celebration. Yeah, and it's a uh, competition team up. We got a few subscribers this week, so yep. you know it's anyone's game right now, obviously. But please, as always, subscribe, like, comment, all the above, so you guys can be entered to win that contest that we got going on. All right, moving on to the news, like we like to every. Um, before we start off with the fight card for this weekend. So first off, we'll start. Uh, we got Khabib in the news headlines saying, you know, he's going to probably fight two more times. He wants to go out, sail off into the sunset with a perfect 30-0 record. First just like fight, daddy talked about. Just like his dad talked about. And I think he's going to do it, honestly, man. He's going to first off start with Justin Gagey, which – you know, that's a tall order. right? It's there. a tall order, but I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know if you fuck with a guy whose dad just died and now he's fighting for like an even bigger purpose than what he was already thinking about. Uh, that's kind of, that's going to scare me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be, it's going to be one hell of a fight either way. It's going to be a rumble in the jungle. Can't wait to really break that one down, but we'll get into that later. But he's saying, um, you know, after that, he really wants to fight George, George St. Pierre. Is that who they said, or is that just something Dana White said he would be willing? Because the way I had read it was Dana White said, I'll let him, if he beats Justin Gaethje, I'll let him pick his last fight, even if yeah. it's George St. No, Pierre. No, no, his manager and Khabib are saying George St. Pierre is who they want. You had Dana came out and said, I think it makes sense to make it versus Connor. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's what he said. Get that guy out of That's the fucking news said, cycle man. already. That's I swear every said. time we do this episode, you bring that guy's name up once a fucking week and he doesn't fight anymore. He's retired. Hey, I can't <laughs> help it that he's in the news. I'm just reporting the news that I uh, see. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, that's what he said. Of course, Dana White, r- real quick, covered himself. Going, well, you know, we'll have to figure out how this all mess on tangles and if Connor's even fighting anymore. You know, we'll um, have to see. I don't want it to be GSP. That's to me. That's kind of GSP's done too. GSP's retired as well, so we can't really say that. Who can it be? <sighs> Let's be real. We all want to see one fight. We all want to see Tony. That's what we all want to see. That's the fight to go out with. Uh, the only issue I would have with that is like for his for his final one, you'd want it to be the biggest test of his career, right? No, and no. That's, so Tony needs o- to win. Right, Obviously. but even if he wins, Gaethje beat his fucking ass, and it yeah, wasn't but... close. It just takes away that allure, like where George. It's like I know I don't like the fucking dude. I don't even want to see him back. But at the end of the day, he is the biggest challenge 
Khabib will ever get. Like he's not in the his guy, prime anymore. It, and he I know, but the fighting. guy still was the one five pound champion. I don't believe that. Seven, dude, he's still I think that's the toughest competition he's gonna get at one fifty five. He wins. Bro. Oh, he's not fighting the real GSP. That's all that will be said. That's what will be said. And you know he, it. I know, but he gets I think he deserves to get to fight one legend. Like that get, would be the biggest one of the biggest paydays of his life again. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying, but I just think the problem is it's not the real GSP anymore. That's the right. issue I have. But if but let's just say, let's just say GSP does come in at ninety-eight percent of okay. what he was. At ninety-eight percent. That's think still of, good. I yes. know, but it's which is great. But let's just think of the things that he can do that nobody else could do. His takedown defense, second to none. His takedowns, second to none. And he's clearly a better he was clearly a better striker than Khabib, for sure. sure. So if he can stuff all of Khabib's takedowns and keep it on his feet, like he's done against multiple other world-class wrestlers, that would be, to me, I don't mind it because it's, like I said, I can see why it would be his biggest challenge. I think a biggest challenge, honestly, though, would still be Tony. There's, there's some things that went against Tony in that fight that I think went against him very in the wrong way. Like, you can't cut weight two weeks in a row like that i think that really played into that fight i i think tony can beat gagey personally i really do um and i think in my opinion maybe what should happen is khabib beats gagey tony fights gagey and then if he wins he gets the match a, a title shot against against khabib yeah that's, that's really look, the only thing look, you can look, do look look, look. Nick, I'm going to tell you this. That fight's cursed. It's never happening. Just fucking throw it into the I trash. Know. I know you want it. I, I know, we, I know so many, fans, I hope, like, so many people want, want it. But I'm just going to go out there and say the fucking thing is cursed. <laughs> we should probably forget about it. Uh, you're right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Also, talking about Conor McGregor real quick, though. Oh, God. You're going to love this. More. You're going to love this. Your um, newfound hero, Chimev. Okay. Wrote a statement today talking about how he traveled to Ireland to fuck Connor up one time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, he's, he came out, it. made a story basically talking about he didn't like when Connor talked about, um, about Khabib and all that kind of stuff about Russia and all these things. So he actually flew into Ireland looking for him and uh, basically got stopped by the police over there. And sent home. I'm sure there was some type of visa issue or something. He tried to claim that, oh, they first stopped in the airport and then they worked it out and then he left. But then, like, shortly after driving around, he was pulled over again. And that time, a suspicious they, looking Muslim yeah, man so, looking for Conor McGregor. You know, I, could, but I still, could see some issues. Super funny. <laughs> and then also, I'm glad that I wrote this one down as well. Tony Ferguson also was in the headlines today. And I liked his message. For people telling me to retire, fuck you. <laughs> oh, who said this? Sorry, I missed Tony. the name. Ferguson. Tony, yeah. Yeah. Fuck those people. Yeah. That's exactly. right, Tony. Fuck those guys. And then, you know, as we're all still talking about this fight, I'm glad that it's uh, available now for to watch on replay. I haven't had a chance to watch it again yet. I'm talking about Max versus Volkanovski. You know. Oh, it's free on ESPN Plus it's, now? It's, yeah, I think it's available. We could watch it. Um you know, Dana White's talking about it. it's hard not to give Max the rematch again for that fight. You got 
Volkanovsky saying he wants a new appointment. He running scared. I mean, Stop. beat the man twice. Just don't try to. St- I like. Do you? Would you? Do you really want to pay to watch that again? I would. Yes, I would. I would pay if Max goes and beats somebody else up. But I don't want to see a third fight back to back, to back. Like it but was you- so close. It was so close. Why not go hone your skills? Bring something new to the table. You know, make, let Volkanovski fight somebody else. Just, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, build it up. Build up this, build this rivalry up. Sell it to me. Don't just fucking force it down my throat. I think the problem is, is just because you have so many people that think Max won that fight. And we're not even talking about Hawaii people here. I'm not even going there with you. Yeah. If you go read the comments, there are so many people that think Max won that fight. I mean, Verdict's got Max winning that fight. So, right. obviously, the general population disagrees with what you're saying right there. Uh, well, uh, what I would say to them is, you're right, once is a fluke. Twice, starting to become a statistic. Yeah, but come Beat on, the man. man. Dude, two times, bro. Two times, two different sets saying. of judges. Uh, yeah, I, I get it, man. I, it was a close fight, and, you know, I can see why people thought it was Max. But I'm just saying, why don't they just both fight one other person for now and then come back? It's just, you're just holding up a division, like sell it, build it up, you know, have Max fucking beat the shit out of somebody. All I got to say is how I I actually, to be honest with you, and I am a Max Holloway fan, obviously folks, but I do kind of feel for Volkanovsky here. I I can't imagine what it's like to have beaten someone two times on paper, yet the whole world tells you, you did not win. And on top of that, your boss is forcing down your throat. You're going to basically, you're going to continue fighting this guy until you lose. That's the game plan. <laughs> exactly. So right. For right. him, I do feel bad about that. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, it is he's the chance. He's the chance feel- and he has the right to pick a new opponent if he wants one. True. Like, he's right. He's beaten him twice. He does not have to fight him a third time. But I also, on the, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. If I'm the champ, and I'm being told by the world that I didn't beat that guy, I almost want to prove to everyone that I do beat that guy. But he did. That happened in the first fight. Everybody said it was a fluke. He, lo- he lost that fight, and what did he do? He went and did it a second time. But yeah, now but you guys are still upset, and so you want close. to make him do it three times in a row. But both so close of fights. This is what I would tell you. If you make them fight ten times, yes, Max is eventually going to win some of them. But like, that's not saying he's the best is, guy man. on the night <laughs> of. Like, just, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, though, honestly. Who won the second fight? You got Volkanovski. I told fight? you. Yeah, I told you. I, like it came down into the fifth. It, to me, it was two and two going into the fifth round. Honestly, I was pretty fucked up by then. But you know, I could honestly for me, like I, I think it could have gone either way. Okay. It was well, so go. close. So close could have gone. Either and way. what? Oh, and I remember what it was. The takedowns did it for me. He took him down. He did. Like I told you, he turned it into a mixed martial arts fight, not a kickboxing bout. Yeah, I need and that's to watch, why he won. I personally need to watch it again so I can have a real, true yeah. opinion on this. That's but. what we'll do. We'll we'll rewatch it and we'll talk about it on the next episode on the breakdown. We'll just yeah, there we go. Maybe we can even have, watch it live over here while we're on the thing. <laughs> All right, and then last but not least, Steve Amiosic talking to DC, responding to his comment that Daniel Cormier talked about wrestling shoes today. I like this one, Steve A. 
I thought we were fighting. <laughs> so, so what daniel cormier wanted to have wrestling shoes on for this bout he basically well basically you know daniel cormier kind of pulled uh i forget who said this last but he basically came out today and goes if you, you know don't tune in to watch this fight if you don't want to watch a single leg a single leg a single leg a single leg and then another single leg <laughs> that's basically what he said you know, he's already wrapping out his game plan. Stipe knows it. It was in response to basically the smaller ring because, you know, Stipe, Stipe at first was very against it, but I think he's coming around now. He, I think he realizes there's no option here. Yeah. I'm sure he doesn't Unless he wants go to fly, fly to, to Abu, Abu Dhabi, Dhabi. And I yeah. don't think he wants to do that. It's a lot easier just to go to Vegas and call it a day. Or do you want to fight at 6 in the morning just to fucking – so you got a little bigger ring. I don't think he want to do that. So Yeah. It shouldn't look if you're the baddest dude on the planet, it shouldn't fucking matter what ring. Hey, and that's what he said. Yeah. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, and that's why DC's gonna beat that bitch. Yeah, we're gonna find out. <laughs> we're gonna find out. <laughs> All right, let's break it down. All right. Um so UFC let's get started. Night, yeah. This Saturday, back in Vegas, normal time. All that that garbage is over. <laughs> I don't mean to call garbage. it garbage. <laughs> I just say <laughs> these no more two AM fights where you know we don't have the right fight guy, the fighter in the right mindset that he needs to be in. We're back to normal times here. All right. Well, starting it off for the first fight on the main card, it's going to be Kevin Holland, seventeen and five, coming in as a minus two ten favorite, fighting in the middleweight division against Trevin or Treven Giles, twelve Trevin, and two. Yes. Plus 180. Nicholas. You know, watching um, some of Kevin's last fights, uh, I started laughing hysterically when they announced what it was he said uh, in his San- when he was fighting Santos. I don't know if you saw that today when you were going over this, but I started laughing super hard. Santos had him on the ground and was just teeing off at him. And he literally looks up and he goes, well, you got to be hitting me so hard, bro. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Which then I start laughing. You know, Joe Rogan made a comment goes, how funny Kevin Holland is as a person. So I like that. You know, he kind of knew him a little bit. Now, as I, this exact fight that I was watching, which is what really turned me on. I mean, Holland's got some great ground game. Really does. I mean, nasty elbows from the ground. Nasty. You got... Gillis is coming off controversial win over Kraus, as we were speaking about. I mean, you had a pretty good defense defense for that. There was a judge that could have possibly been a little his mind could have been a little skewed to go towards <laughs> Gillis here. You know. But watching that fight, honestly. I wasn't really that impressed with Gillis, which is why I got Holland here. I think Holland's going to get it done. Yep. Um, I'm with Nick on this one. Kevin Holland is a uh, – look, he's got some really good kicks. He uses his range pretty well. He is dangerous off of his back. He's really strong in the clinch. Um, one thing that he does do, which isn't entertaining but is a smart thing to do, is he'll pin his opponents up against the fence kind of use that as a stalling tactic. He, he's throwing knees and, like, small punches and things, but the, it's control time, which makes it more in the judge's eyes that he's winning the fight. And he's willing to he's, – he's smart. 
that's what I like about him is he doesn't have that nasty one KO punching power, right? He's a guy who's going to pick you apart, pick his shots, do what he needs to do to win on the scorecards. And that's why I think he's going to win. Now, not to say that Giles here can't win this fight. Look, the kid is a one-hitter quitter, man. He's gonna, he can knock any person out in the world with one punch because this guy is swinging for the fences. He's putting everything behind every punch, but with that comes a cost, right? He's, he's swinging really wild, leaving himself open. He's gassing himself out a lot faster than he would if he was using proper technique, and it is a disadvantage to him. So for those reasons, I'm picking Kevin Holland. But, guys, do not be shocked if this guy knocks Kevin out with one punch. But that is not the most likely thing to happen. (laughs) Be confident in your pick. No, no. Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland is the guy that's going to win. Next up, we have Lando Vanata. 11-4-2, 11-4-2, coming in as a minus-145 favorite fighting in the lightweight division versus Bobby Green, 25-10-1, plus-125 underdog. I'll just take this off. This is a rematch. Their first fight ended in a draw, very close. There was some controversy. Lando dropped Green, was just beating the crap out of him. And when Lando stood up to throw more strikes, he threw an illegal knee. Given it mostly hit his upper thigh, the more cushioned part of his knee, allowing Bobby Green to take a minute to recover. Props to Green for continuing to take that fight because he could have easily just said, oh, no, I'm too hurt, I can't continue, and gotten a disqualification win. After that, though, man, that was a great fight. Just a war. It ended being a draw, but, man, Bobby Green really fucked Vanata up. But saying that, I think Vanata's, you know, He's only improving. He's younger, getting better, constantly improving. His boxing, his movement is really great. Where Bobby Green does tend to stand a little more flat-footed, throws more straight punches. His take def- takedown defense is a lot better than their first match, which does give me a little bit of uh, worry. But I think Lando's done enough to improve his game that he's actually going to have more tools to win this fight than the first time they met each other. Yeah. I mean, as you said, this is a rematch. Uh, Green was the underdog the first time they met as well. Uh, you know, and it was kind of uh, controversial there, due, like you said, due to the illegal knee. It didn't make any contact, and it was the very soft part. Kind of rough to even call it when it never made contact. You know? Um, is oh, that no, the leg I, definitely hit him in the face. No, 100%. But, I mean, it, I, do you call it when it doesn't – nothing illegal really happened? The rules, bro. The it's rules. It's a sport. It's yeah. a sport. It doesn't yeah. matter if it was – you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, it's a fist fight, but at the same time, it's rules. You got to stick to them. Yeah. Shitty. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm with you, obviously, here. You know, Lando, I thought, had done enough the first time, and it was a very close fight, though. It really was, but – Losing that point is what ultimately was his demise. Um, you know, they're, you got both of these guys coming off wins against guys who are kind of on their way out. I like Lando here. He's the younger guy. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Very nice, very nice. Uh, 
fighting next up in the welterweight division. This should actually be the co-main event of the evening, but for whatever fucking reason, it's not. <laughs> it's Vincent LeCou, 18-7 and 1, minus 180, fighting Randy Brown, 12-3, and 3, plus 155. Nick? Um, yeah, well, you got LeCou coming off a win over Nico Price. Uh, finishing him in the third. Uh, you got Bobby Green here, though. Randy Brown. I mean, I'm sorry. Randy Brown, who lost to to Nico Price, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? Yep, yep. So, now, the good news is in the MMA world, as we've learned time and time again, there is no such thing as MMA math here. You know, as we were discussing a little bit earlier, folks, you know, it seems like Randy Brown here has possibly learned a few things since that fight. That fight took place in 2018. Since then, he has been on a win streak here, Mr. Randy Brown. Um, you know, one being a submission and getting a TKO over an, another general. He's got Vincent LeCue here in front of him who is honestly has been through some wars and is also on a pretty little decent run himself. Now, his last fight was against Nico Price, so here they are fighting you know, the same guys a couple different years later. Um, also, though, you got Vincent LeCue has lost kind of when you know he's fought maybe someone a little more technical as Mr. Randy Brown could be here for him. Um, you know, I, I just think we've got to go with Randy Brown on this one. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm with Nick here. Uh, look, Vincent LeCou, like uh, we were discussing earlier, he has been through – his past three fights have all been decisions, have all been wars. Look, Platinum Mike Perry, you're not going to tell me he didn't get rocked in that fight. When he fought Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he got dropped four times. When he fought – Nico Price, he got rocked at least twice in that fight. Look, what we're seeing is this gentleman is taking a lot of damage. He's not fighting for a longevity for his career to, you know, go on five more years. This, this is going to be a short career. His chin is going to go soon. It, I'm just reading in between the lines. Look, Vincent LeCou is what you call a technical brawler. The guy wants to be in a firefight. He wants to be in your face, just trading punches. But his techniques are flawless. He's doing everything correctly. But he just doesn't mind eating a punch to give a punch. And he's willing to eat big punches. Yeah. Where Randy Brown here, on the other hand, I think is the more traditional. Well, he's very technical, but in a different sense. Where he likes to use his range. Because he's standing at six foot three, Vincent Luke. Uh, LeCue is going to be standing five foot eleven. He's got a four inch reach advantage just on height alone. He's good at using his range. He likes to pick his shots from the outside. Um, he's got some very strong kicks. He uses his elbows and his knees very well in the clinch. And on top of that, when he is taken to the ground, he has a very active guard. He's throwing up submissions. He's relatively quick to his feet. Although it's not his first instinct, his first instinct is to go for submissions. And then if it's not working out after a little while, then he stands up, which can be detrimental to his game. But Vincent LeCue is not the kind of guy who shoots for a takedown. He's the kind of guy who 
his best takedown is a left hook, right? Drops you, sure. then he's going to follow up. But I think Randy Brown, he's going to be smart, pick him apart from the outside. And honestly, I think he's going to drop him at least once in this fight. And that's going to be the difference. I like it. Yep. I like it a lot. Yeah, that's good. but that's going to be the fight of the night, guys. That's going to be, you know, you've got that guy who's just going to come forward, looking to get into a brawl, and then you have the technician counter-striking on the outside. It's going to be good. Uh, next up, in the women's flyweight division, we have Joanne Calderwood, 14-4, and four, minus 150, fighting Jennifer Maya, 17-6-1, coming in as the plus 130 underdog. Um, I'm just going to jump into this one right here. Calderwood here is a predominantly Muay Thai fighter. Her Muay Thai career consists of 19 and two. She's a three-time Muay Thai world champion, an IKF European champ, WBC Muay Thai champ, WKL European champ, all in the flyweight division. She's got some amazing kicks, leg kicks, body kicks, head kicks. She, you know, traditional Muay Thai. She's all about kicking. Throws a lot of straight punches, not a lot of hooks, uppercuts, anything like that. Not a diverse arsenal with her hands, but she makes up with that in the tie clinch, uses a lot of knees. She's got really great cardio. Um, they both have a similar opponent in uh, Chokujin or Ch uh, Caitlin, Caitlin Chokujin, uh, who's probably the second best in the division next to. Sorry, I'm trying to remember her name, the champ right now. Shevchenko. Yes. Yeah, she's, pro she's easily number two next to her. But the one thing with Calderwood is what we've seen is even though she has this great Muay Thai stand-up, she seems to struggle with fighters in particular who have really good hands, who can mix up their hands really well and kind of throw her off her game. That's what Chukajin did. She used her hands really well, threw in some hooks, combinations, and followed up with kicks. Jennifer Maya is from the Shoot Box Academy. She has been a pro boxer. Has three, she's only fought three times, but won all three, won by KO. She's um, in our title of our show. She's thick. She's a thick girl, man. She, you know, she's missed weight in her past two fights. Really strong. She's definitely going to have the strength advantage. She's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. She has good takedowns. So this is one of the reasons why I'm going to pick Maya is that she has more tools to win this. If she does start getting beaten on the feet, she does have good takedowns. And then she's a BJJ black belt where Calderwood does take people down, but it's usually from catching kicks. And then she forces them to the ground. She's not someone who shoots from the outside or goes for a double leg when they're in the clinch against the fence. That's not how she takes them down. Those are the main reasons why I'm going to be taking Maya in this fight. Yeah, I feel you have some, as you just said there, this weight issue is actually something I'm really um, intrigued by here. Obviously, with Calderwood literally just accepting this fight last week, you know, that to me tells me, like, I mean, either she's been training, but, you know, normally these, these girls are walking around a good 15 pounds heavier than where they fight at. Um, so... With that in the mix, I, I, the weight thing, I'm actually, I can't wait to see the weigh-ins. Uh, you know, I'm wondering yeah. if they both miss weight, honestly. It, I'm, I can clearly see that happening. Um, you know, I'm liking how this fight has, honestly, for poor Calderwood, is the makings of a perfect storm here. I mean, we have seen this time and time again where 
you know, your, your title fight for whatever reason got dropped off. So you, you want to stay active and guys step in and it doesn't go right for you that night. And this has the makings of definitely of that happening. Um, as Maya here is coming off a fresh loft, the press loss to Chuchkin, as we just said, Joanna or Joanna Calderwood, I'm sorry, also has lost to Chuchkin. Um, you know, it's just there. We're at the same skill level here is where I'm getting at with this now. And they're saying that Calderwood here is up to face Shevchenko. But let's be real. Is she really the next in line? Or is this division just so thin that we're just hunting for people to fight her? And that's kind of what I think that is. So if you're thinking of this fight in that aspect, you're thinking about it all wrong. Maya could have easily been accepted to fight Shevchenko just because they need someone to fight her. So, yeah, for that reason alone, I like the underdog story. I like it all. Honestly, watching Maya's fight, she's no joke. She's a real deal, too. This is going to be a great fight, I think. But I think Maya's going to be able to take this one home. Very nice, very nice. All right. And then for the main event of the evening, fighting in the middleweight division, we got Derek Brunson, 20 and 7, coming in as a plus 265 underdog versus Edmund Shabazayan. Sorry, I cannot pronounce that name. 11 and 0, 11 and 0, minus 315. Nick? Well, you know. Surprising. He's got a lot of talk. A lot of people talking about him. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, Ronda Rousey is his manager. Uh, Ronda Rousey actually was the one that went and went on Instagram here last week. And I talked about this as a news story uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago. You know, she went on and on with Dana White and announced that this would be the main event, which is funny to me. Just real quick before I continue to break this down. Uh, as you had Ty saying something earlier that he was like, I can't believe Luke Luke versus Brown is not the main event of the evening. Now, it very well could be. And I'm just going to put this out there, folks. This card is just a filler card for the UFC, if we're going to be honest here. Um, this isn't, uh, you know, something we're all extremely excited about. At least I'm not. I mean... It's UFC, so of course I am. But, you know, they kind of put this together last minute, which is why we're having some of these, you know, off-kilter matches in here. I'm almost thinking, I don't know if you, what you think about this, I'm almost thinking that the Calderwood fight was almost the, the only reason they could get her to fight on the card maybe was to tell her she was the co-main event. It's kind of, you know, sense. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just kind of looking at it like that. But anyways, yeah. You know, Ronda Rousey's high up on, on this kid, real high up. Uh, a lot of people are. You got Joe Rogan all, talking all about him, you know, talking about how this kid is lightning fast and, you know, kid's wild. I mean, in some of the fights you watch, by all means, he looks very crisp. There's no doubt about that. Yet, when you have to look at this as we are a gambling show and – you know, we bring you guys where we think the money lies. How can you not look past the fact that we're talking about Derek Brunt? What are we at? Plus what? 
265. 265 against, yeah, Derek Brunson's is 36. I mean, he's just out of his prime. But we're talking about a kid who's not really proven yet in the UFC. At that type of odd, how can you not take that? I mean, that, that you can't sleep on Derek Brunson and say he has no chance in this fight. There, that's, that's completely stupid to say. You know, I mean, yeah, we're all high up on Trebizing, big time kid. Now, you know, both of these guys, though, know not to go the distance. The other thing I would like to talk about this fight, though, that is a little interesting, which, you know, for Brunson, though, I would think it might be a beneficial thing for him. Even though this is the main event, they're not, we're not making, they're not making this a five round fight. This is still only a three round fight. I did not know that. Yeah. So like I tried to tell you earlier, the UFC literally is just throwing fights against the wall and hoping they stick on this one. You know what I mean? This wasn't like a planned put together fight card. But yeah, I mean, both of these guys don't really like to go to distance. I, I would honestly like an under bet here too. I really do. No, that sounds good. Yeah, under under sounds good. Look, these guys are known for taking people out in the first round. Yeah. Specifically. Um Watching the tapes of the two of them, I went in there watching, a, you know, not knowing much about Edmund here, assuming that he was going to be the underdog. I'm like, oh, I put money on him if he's the underdog. But I assume Derek Brunson. I'm I'm assuming Derek Brunson's going to win this fight. Then seeing that Derek Brunson's a plus two sixty five favorite because I always watch all the fights, pick who I think is going to win. Then I look at the odds. I look at Derek Brunson, seeing him at two sixty five. Like this is fucking ridiculous. The man is an NCAA Division two wrestler. Brown belt under Henzo Gracie. Besides Kendall Grove in his UFCA debut, he's only lost to the elite of the division. Jacques Ray Sousa, Yoel Romero, Bobby Knuckles, a.k.a. Robert Whitaker, Anderson Silva, and Israel Adesanya. Like, those are the cream of the crop. Those are, like, all, besides Yoel Romero and Jacques Ray Sousa, those are all champions. But those two were, like, for the longest time, the number two or number one contenders. Like those were the top of the, the middleweight division. Look, traditionally, Derek Brunson here has been a first round finisher. In, since 2015, he's won six fights in the first round. But then he went and lost to Jacques Array, lost to Israel Adesanya, and he's kind of matured, would be the word I'm looking for. He's not going in there guns a blazing in the first round. He's pacing himself. He's, he's realizing, I have 15 minutes to win this fight. I don't need to win this in the first five. I can use the entire 15 minutes to win. He'll use his wrestling. He does have power in his hands. Occasionally, he does get a little wild and reckless and start swinging and leaving his hands a little low. But I think he's smart. I think he knows. Like Nick said, he's 36 years old. You know, he's only got one or two climbs left in him to get to the top of the division. He's going to be smart about this. He's going to shoot for a takedowns. He's going to push this guy up against the fence, work him, and grind out a decision. Because let's be realistic here, guys. Edmund Shabizen, the only guy that he's beaten that's worth mentioning is Brad Tavares. And let's be fucking realistic. That guy is not in his prime anymore. He's a yeah. gatekeeper. He's been beaten by a bunch of people. He's just someone they, you know, they feed the top 10. Like, you're going to go into the top 10? Fight that guy. And then you can be in the top 10. And that's what he did fucking destroyed him but all we've seen is this kid beat dudes in under five minutes he's one fight which i could not find the footage for whatever fucking reason that went 15 minutes so i don't really know what his gas tank looks like but 
do we know he can stop an elite level wrestler? Like, what does he look like up against the cage? Is he, you know, is he strong in the clinch? I, I don't have answers for that. And that's why I'm going to pick the proven veteran in Derek Brunson over the unknown hyped up up and comer, because we all know most nine out of 10 of the future best fighters that we hear about, like this guy's the next big thing in MMA. Nine out of 10 of them will lose a fight working their way up to that. You know, they just get fed to someone and everyone's so high up on them. And then, you know, everyone underestimates the guy. And that's what I, that's what I'm seeing right here is that this has all the works of an underdog story. And I think Derek's got all the tools to win it. Oh no, it definitely does. I mean, as I said, this, this main event was literally just made midway through last week announced. So, you know, you got a kid coming in, maybe not fully prepared. And I mean, you got you to gotta give it to Derek Brunson here. Like you're saying, he, he has kind of turned the corner, it looks like, in his career where maybe like knocking guys out in the first round and getting in danger isn't really the way to do it anymore. You know, both of his fights in 2019 were both decisions, just grinding these out. One of those, I mean, can we really call, I mean, it was Elias Trudeau. I mean, the guy's pretty, that guy's pretty crazy. I know a lot of people aren't all high up on him anymore these days, but I mean, you know, I, I like it. I like to pick a lot, you know, for the underdog right there, Derek Brunson, the money is there. And he has a really good chance of pulling this off. There's no doubt about that, you know, plus money like that. Take it all day. Yeah. But guys, I also, I think there's some safe money. You guys don't agree with us like that. Safe money. Put it on the under. Cause yeah, I think the under when I looked on mine was, under one and a half was yeah, one and a half, 200. Sure. So, you know, that it's not a bad pick, honestly. I know you're going to have to pay some juice to get the money out, but it, it could end with literally Brunson knocking this kid out real quick, or it could end with Bronson getting knocked the fuck out, and then we're like, oh, well, he's a 36-year-old man. That's what happens, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> let's be so. realistic. This kid's only 22 years old, which hats off to him. Super impressive, but – not everybody's John Jones who goes undefeated. That's Khabib. true. They're I mean, off, you know Ronda, I mean? Ronda Rousey, though, said she's been throwing this kid around since he was 14 years old in the gym. So he does have a little experience. Yeah. Look, we'll find, we're going to find out on Saturday night. But we're going to find like out. I, but like I talk about in so many other fights, let's just remember, guys, this is a mixed martial arts fight. And yeah. the guy who's got the most mixed martial arts tools, when you're just looking on him paper and proven in the ring, is Derek really Clinton. Wins. That's yeah. great shit. All right. Well, excellent. Well, guys, uh, as always, there you go. We got the picks for you. So let's just go over it real quick. We got Kevin Holland, Lando yep. Venata, Randy Brown, Jennifer Maya, and Derek Brunson for you guys. Those are the five picks for the week. We'll uh, be coming back with you guys either Saturday night, probably Sunday, with a little recap show. We'll break down how we did, how the fights went. And please – like, comment, subscribe if you want to be entered in for the free T-shirt giveaway. That's right. Just hit that like, just comment. And every time you do it, guys, you get added into the raffle an additional time. So, yeah, do it. All right, guys. Peace out. We'll be back with you guys shortly. Yeah, check you later. Shoot. Good luck.